0: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this membrane and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie, uh, appropriately so, because we are recording this on New Year's Eve, is the 1980 slasher film *New Year's
1: Evil*. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, other than that, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm ex- uh, I just getting I'm getting over the flu, which I had basically since Christmas. Ooh, um, I didn't hear about that. That sucks. Oh yeah, no, no, it literally like. Uh, we went and saw my wife's family on christmas eve and then saw her family on christmas and like christmas eve I had like a headache and was kind of like sore and then christmas day i wouldn't feel great and my wife started feeling really bad towards the end of the christmas day and then we came home and just like couldn't couldn't Did. exist so i was not allowed to come to work for the for the entire last week they they, they had said i couldn't come in Ah, <laughs> uh, so, gotcha and
0: yet you still watch this movie so good good to know well I, thank I, you I thank you for your great. sacrifice
1: know. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself
0: Uh, Yeah, no, there was kind of a Christmas travel was shitty. Christmas itself was fine. Um, I got to see our honorary apprentice, head Brian, uh, my brother. We got to see (laughs) him for Christmas, which is very cool. He has moved uh, states, basically, and uh, I'm very excited for him on that front. Um, But no, it was uh, basically my travel plan. So we originally were going to fly to my brother's um, from the southeast to St. Louis um, on the 23rd. Got to the airport. Thankfully, we weren't flying Southwest because holy shit! Did you hear? Like seventy percent of flights that Southwest had on December
1: twenty sixth were canceled. Seven. Yeah, that, that's insane. And I, I that, can't tell. Absolutely, I, I guess insane. it's a whole big like hubbub about whether or not like it's their fault. Which I'm like, I don't think it is. That was like a unprecedented it winter definitely storm It people die. Is
0: yeah, I know it definitely is because like there were people. There there was one man who. um had to fly down to like California or something like that because for a heart transplant and they basically called him up and said hey you have eight hours to get down here or the heart's got to go to someone else because there's an expiration date on these things and his flight got canceled so he couldn't do that and he got bumped off the list so yeah it was oh. it was real shitty um but yeah no on the uh 23rd basically we got to the airport super early because we've seen our home airport and just how crazy it is and it's as absolute worst um, and my partner and I were just kind of sitting there. And then, of course, we had one delay, two delay, three delays, and then, of course, canceled. And at that oh. point, like, we both called to help desk line because we both um, still have status with uh, American Airlines. And, we, we you know, we had the private number that we were able to call. And it still uh, took care of all of that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, thankfully, we were able to get rebooked for the next day. So it was really just 24 hours just sitting around doing nothing um, on that front. Uh, oh, yeah. No, the other thing I forgot to tell you, I think I recorded this uh, during our last episode as well. So the internet company took out our water for like 48 hours, which I believe we mm-hmm. talked about in our previous episode. Um, well, we woke up on Christmas Eve, and the power was completely out at our apartments. So we're just like, ah, fuck. Um so it took about um, 12 hours for that to be fully restored. Uh, we had to leave the cats behind uh, just for 48 hours. And, like, it was, there was a cold snap going through the southeast at the time. So the entire time we're just like, okay, what are we going to do about the cats? Uh, but we, you know, bundled, we had some blankets for them to bundle up when it wasn't super, super cold or anything like that. But definitely they, we could tell they were a little bit cold. And then we also had friends come on over and check in on the heats, uh, that sort of thing as well. Because when we were leaving for the airports, like the energy company, we tracked it online. They said that they were currently repairing it. And so we're like, okay, that's good. That's good. And by the time we landed, the power came back on. Had a friend come on over, check in, make sure the power was back on. The heat was back on. Cats were comfortable, which they were. They were everything was fine. So that was shit. And then on Christmas, uh, the December twenty sixth, as we were flying on back, we got a notification from our company uh, that basically, because a lot of pipes froze and burst, uh, they had to shut off water for the entire building. So the oh, entire god. time, we're just like, "Oh god, this is twice in two weeks that our water gets shut off." Um, electricity has been out for like, you know, twelve hours as well. Uh, but thankfully, that one was fixed before. We got back home, but the entire time we were just thinking, oh, God, do we, you know, are we going to come back to a flooded apartment? Is it going to be damaged? That sort of thing. Um, but, no, thankfully, everything's good. Everything's fine. We've checked in on our neighbor's apartment as well, and purse stuff is fine. So it's all good. Should yep. Be
1: Wait, so so within the span of, like, a week, you lost water twice? Yes. Or was it how, maybe, yeah, it's been about a week. Yeah. Jeez. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Lost uh, um, out uh,
0: uh water twice, and we also lost power for about twelve hours too. So it's been it's like, been a shit week, honestly. But Christmas itself was fine, nice, relaxing, all good. So that's that. Yep.
1: Uh, <sighs> that's and that's how it goes. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh it's always fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, we got pretty lucky, all things considered, in terms of we were able to find another flight, and thankfully the flight home went without hiccups. I got upgraded too, which is nice. So I flew first class both times. Um, i 'm going to lose that status in March, oh yeah no this is this is how American Airlines does it at the very least, so they have different tiers of status. It goes like gold, platinum, platinum pro, and then executive platinum, which is like George Clooney and up in the air level, like unless you travel like over three hundred days a year you 're never going to get that um mm-hmm. But basically what it is, is if they have any empty seats in first class that have not been sold, they'll upgrade the executive Platinum people first, and then they'll go with Platinum Pro, and then Platinum, and then Gold. And because I'm Platinum Pro, sometimes I get upgraded. Um, there's also like a mileage uh, limit as well. Like people for Platinum, they can only be upgraded if the flight is less than 500 miles. But it is an automatic process. They usually tell you 24 hours beforehand. Occasionally they tell you like right when you check in though, which is kind of nice. Just like, oh, hey, first class. And I'm like, woo. But uh, yeah, that was that.
1: How, how does that first class experience work on like a short flight like that? Do you get like champagne and like free towels? Yeah. Like, what, what, what do you get?
0: So the way it works, um, and I have flown first class on shorter flights. I, I've actually flown it many, many times on shorter flights just because I kept getting an upgrade. Um, I, I, I will lose that status in March, though, because I have not been flying because I changed jobs. Because the reason why I have it is I had a job that I was a Monday through Friday business traveler for two years. Um, and I'm not anymore. Uh, but basically you go on in, you get seated. Of course you board first. There's a lot more luggage base overhead. Um, they come around, they offer you a drink, which can be champagne, wine, and cool. like simple cocktails like screwdrivers and vodka tonics and stuff like that. Nothing too complicated. Um, and then you sit down there. Of course, the seats are more comfortable. There's a lot more space. Um, and then when they come around again, uh, they ask you again if you would like another drink and then of course you've got the standard drinks like coffee that sort of thing too and it's all complimentary um and then the other thing too is they have a snack bin and it's the weirdest thing because you can take as many snacks as you want it's like out of a wicker basket but i have never heard of any of those snacks before i started flying and got upgraded to first class like i am i am confident that they are not sold anywhere else and just for the first class um and they're they're like not great snacks like they're just fine like yep yeah, this is a potato chip it's a good potato chip but it's not the best potato chip i've ever had or you know like brownie bites or shit like that so you can find replacements definitely uh but that's the yeah. only other weird thing and then of course you leave first and that's about it so you're no, not missing much I, got, I would not say it's I worth
1: the with that wicker basket is it like up at the front of the plane so like you feel shame as you go up and take the free gifts or are they like in that, at your own seats so you have your own seat of personal wicker basket gifts oh
0: no they walk around they walk around with a wicker basket like it's a flight attendant walks around and is just like would you like some snacks would you like some snacks and you just take it from the basket you just stick your hand there and grab them yeah yeah I and mean, you can grab as many as you want because that's that uh the other big thing too is you have your own dedicated flight attendant too they usually they have what? one flight yeah you have one flight attendant for first class that's usually how it goes Oh okay, they meant like
1: yeah, your own like this is Dan's flight attendant. oh
0: yes. no, no, no there are six flight attendants in the very first class now now, just one flight attendant for first class, and they go through things a lot quicker too. Um, I did fly to Alaska one time and it got upgraded. that was for another work trip as well, and that was really nice because it was one of those pods where like you could like go back and fold it out into a bed and it, it was Ooh. very, very, very nice um on that front, but yeah, that, that was that if you live. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've lived. <laughs> Again, I, I'm going to lose this status, so I'm enjoying it as much as I can for now. Um, yeah, I would say it's not worth upgrading to first class unless it's a long-haul flight where they have those pods or something like that. Then I mm-hmm. would, you know, maybe depending on the price, I would upgrade. But for short-haul flights, absolutely not. 100% not. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's that. Uh, but, yeah. Let's jump on into this movie. So you were the one who suggested this movie. Uh, once again, we are recording this on New Year's Eve. Uh, so Andrew, what is with New Year's Evil? Why did you suggest it? I can't. Uh, I can't honestly, see that. I can't see any connection. Why? I, I really yeah, can't.
1: I mean, yeah. I I just really just you know spun a wheel about any horror movie that existed, and this one just happened to come up from If I'm <laughs> you Not know, Just you know, luck, luck of the draw. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I I just heard about it. I think that you know. The name, uh, you know, drew me to it. Uh, it's one of those ones I'd never seen before, and I heard about it. Um, and I'd, I'd heard about it existing, but I hadn't heard anything else about it. So, you I know, that was it. a, you know, it made it a, a, an interesting gamble. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how you heard, heard about it before. I, like, did you know anything about it prior? I've actually never
0: heard about it before. So this was oh. another one It was just like, New Year's Evil. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, you know, not surprised that there's a movie with this title out. That's, you know, kind of a quick little jump to make on that front, New Year's Eve, New Year's Evil. Uh yeah, but that's that. Um but yeah, let's dive right into it. So what did you think about New Year's Evil?
1: I I was okay with it. Um I I think it's uh I like I feel like the the horror elements of it are okay. Like it feels like a pretty standard slasher, I guess, or I like guess standard uh movie. Like I don't know. It, it's it's middling for me. Um I think I I could definitely have cut down some of those weird slow mosh pit scenes. I don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on with those. Um but you know, it was alright. it's an okay movie. How about yourself?
0: uh yeah i didn't really enjoy this movie too much i, I kind of feel the same way as i did feel about the burning in terms of mm. it's a slasher movie but like there really isn't much unique about it and there are a few elements of this film i really didn't sit right with me on that front so like it's it's definitely not the worst thing ever like it wasn't offensively bad it was a competently made movie for the most parts um it was just a very mediocre forgettable movie in my opinion um, on that front so i would say if you're really really itching for new year's eve horror this is really the only one i can think of off the top of my head uh so you know you could do worse than that uh but the premise of this movie is basically um against a slasher we've got a serial killer who goes around killing people throughout the entire movie uh this was in 1980 so by this time the sh- slasher genre was kind of burgeoning coming into full swing um But the crux of this one is, it is, uh, the main character is uh, Diane Sullivan, uh, who is also, goes by Blaze, uh, who is played by Roz Kelly, who apparently is the most famous actress in this entire movie. She played, um, she was on uh, Happy Days, she played Carol, which uh, I think is going to go over most of our audience's heads, because I I don't know, I've only seen a few episodes of Happy Days, but that's that. Um, So yeah, apparently she was a decently big star at the time, or at the very least in television uh, but she plays a punk rocker DJ who is hosting this uh, concert sets um, and basically someone calls on in and says I am going to murder someone you know or close to you uh, on the hour every single hour um, until New Year's arrives in Los Angeles so like when New York, does their new year in eastern standard time someone dies then chicago time someone dies then denver time someone dies and then finally uh and la time someone dies so that's that Uh, so basically on the dots that's what he says calls on in on that front and it's all about kind of dealing with the fallout from that the cat and mouse game between it um one thing i did think that was kind of interesting about this movie is they don't take any fact to hide the killer i mean there's a mm-hmm. twist at the very end about it but like we see his face we see the full you know back and forth in terms of the kills and that sort of thing too they don't try to shroud it in mystery or anything like that it's just like yep that's the killer he's making the phone call there he is <laughs> on that front mm-hmm. uh so i thought that was a little bit interesting um uh, because usually they try and hide it to like put it in the shadows or something like that until the reveal at the very end um so that was that uh but yeah, yeah they-
1: uh i don't know. i don't know go ahead I was going to say, actually, I kind of – I will say that's an element I kind of liked about it. And I, th- I think that is Me kind too. of unique. Like, I think we do – you know, there are a lot of movies where we see the killer doing their killing. But it's usually kind of, like, from the shadows to a degree. Or, that you know, you, you see them kind of composing elements of it, but not, like, them, you know, kind of following doing it. But we see this guy coming out of his car, putting on his costume, going into the hospital, making small talk, kind of dodging things. Like, you see every element of him doing it to the point that he almost feels more like a main character than um, Diane Sullivan yeah. or, uh, does. Like, honestly, like, she – when thinking about this movie i actually like i, I pulled pulled the imdb before i started and her, her picture appeared and i was like whoa oh yeah like i guess she is kind of the main character but it's really weird because i almost think of the killer as the main character um yeah but... i would agree on that front like
0: it could be argued that the killer is the protagonist of this movie um, to some extent so hmm. that is a little bit but... interesting on that front um uh, i was gonna say something else about that too I don't remember. uh, The other thing I like about it, too, is, you know, there is a twist about the killer at the very end, which, uh, again, we will spoil this movie. So if you're jumping out, uh, we'll go ahead and give you a warning beforehand. But uh, I I do like the fact that, yeah, even though there was no really wasn't too much mystery to the killer, there still was a little bit of gas left in the tank at the very end in terms of, oh,
1: yeah, that's a twist. So, yeah. Mm. What? I like it too because I feel like the killer, like you know, we saw him go through, we saw him kind of put on his disguises and how he plays, but I never really felt like I was rooting for him, like which which mm-hmm. I liked, like because I feel like at the by the end of the movie, I really you don't like the killer because you know obviously he's killing people, um, but I think that's almost kind of like a, a hard thing for a lot of movies to kind of balance, where like you know with Freddy or Jason, you follow them around, you kind of are waiting for the kills, mm-hmm. um, but with this guy, like you know, I kind of you know like the people who he kills, you know, there's no you know there's no sin they commit or whatever you know per, per other horror movies, and like. He just kind of like, you know, I feel like these people are innocent and like it, it's not, I don't know, I, I don't root for him as a killer. I wasn't like waiting for the death. I wasn't like, oh, what a cool death. Like, I feel like you want them to get away um, and you want them to realize. So I kind of feel like he, you know, they almost do a good job of building that. I wouldn't really call it suspenseful, but like, you know, you don't want to look up the train that's coming, you know, you don't want to like, see that crash about to happen. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind, of, I kind of like that movie for that, uh, that, you know, it's not Freddy or Jason and you're like, oh, yeah, go get him. But you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, this is, this is like a bad thing he's doing, you know, like I. Yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely on that front right there. Um, Yeah, uh, but our other characters in this movie, so basically Diane is uh, the main one. We can call her Blaze if we want to. (laughs) Uh, But she also has a son as well, uh, which is my biggest sticking point with this movie. I really did not like this character. I didn't like what they kind of did with this character. Um, Yeah. And I think it kind of goes into a longer discussion about this movie in terms of, what I mean, because like every every movie or horror movie, at the very I mean, the, uh, let let me rephrase that. Horror movies are kind of a reflection of the culture at the time as well. Like, we were talking about Black Christmas, and, you know, the, there was that whole abortion subplot in the original one, and that was, you know, because Roe v. Wade was fairly recent in everyone's memories. So, one thing I do like about going back to these horror movies, especially if it's like, you know, 20, 30 years old, is thinking about what is going on at the time, what were people scared of, and how does it influence in this movie? And the two big ones I can kind of think of is, um, one, uh, the punk subculture is is very, very, very prevalent in this movie. Um, Like, the uh, show that uh, Diane is hosting or Blaze is hosting is just, like, all punk, like, you know, mohawks and uh, spike jackets and shit like that. And, like, there there are several points as well where the police officers are saying, well, you know, look at the clientele you attract. Of course you have a serial killer Mm -hmm. on the loose. Ha, ha, ha. And I, I think for 1980, that was definitely... There was a lot of pearl clutching in terms of, oh, yeah, punk subculture is, you know, super murderous and scary and shit like that, when, I don't know, most punks I've um, interacted with throughout my life have been the nicest fucking people. But that is definitely one thing that's kind of prevalent in terms of the movies trying to scare you with, ooh, these punks. Uh, but the other thing as well is the sun. Um, so Blaze slash Diane has a son who basically stays in the hotel room while she does the show the entire night. And we don't get much characterization for him aside from the fact that he's mentally ill what he has we don't know but he's mentally ill in some way because he's mentally ill that means he's scurvy and they try their best i don't know i kind of get like a discount hannibal lecter vibe from a lot of it or not even that buffalo bill i think it's more a little bit of buffalo bill on that front, because um, that movie came out, I don't know, like six years before this one. But they very much were just like, oh, look at this scary kid with mental illness. Ooh, he, who knows what he's going to do next because of it? Isn't he so weird and scary? And in 1980s, I could definitely see, you know, mental illness not being understood, not being clearly defined. Treatments weren't as available as much. I could
1: I could also see a lot of pro culture on that front. So, yeah. I, I, I didn't really know like, what to take the sun as. And actually, do you recognize the sun at all? Do you? Do you uh, no, I don't, actually. Uh-huh. He is—he's um, the main character in *Killer Clowns from Outer Space*. I know oh, when he I, walked on screen, I was like you look familiar to me. Um, yeah, I have not
0: seen that movie I, God in like a decade,
1: so uh, yeah, that's classic. Uh-huh. Um, but that, cool. that's who he Good is. Um, but um, yeah, I thought his, his character was interesting because, like, at one point, I thought they were implying that he might be queer to a degree because he, like, when he puts the pins, I thought sock that too, yeah. and puts the pins in his ears to like hold it in place. And I wasn't sure if that was like something like that because i i I can get more into the spoiler of who the killer is later and what his motivation was um Mm -hmm. but it seemed like a i'm i'm interested in the critique that the movie is trying to make in terms of like what sin blaze committed if she committed one what she's what she committed and why the killer is trying to do this to her and kind of how that ties into the perspective of uh society and i guess specifically men at the time because i feel like this is uh like I, this does, you know, I'm assuming it's a commentary on that. Um, I don't want to spoil again the ending by going into mm-hmm. it. But I, I'm curious as to like what you thought about that. Um, talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we can hop into that one right here. I mean, really, it's a standard slasher. You've got, you know, the killer going on in, going back and forth. Uh, One thing that is kind of interesting about this is you do see, like, the killer talking to his victims, you know, trying to figure out exactly how to get the victim alone, that sort of thing. Um, So that is a little bit interesting as well in terms of a slasher. But, I mean, overall, spoiler-free, I didn't particularly enjoy this movie. I thought it was pretty boring, honestly, for the most parts. Um, so I would say, if you want to see a bug standard slasher, yeah, this is this is all right. It's inoffensive, but at the same time, too, it's very, very run of the mill. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, anything you want to say before we jump into spoiler territory?
1: Yeah, I, actually, I might let. I think I might I might, I might I might be slightly more in favor than you are. I don't know. I I, I think it's okay. Like uh, again, mm-hmm. I think I think if they cut out all those weird scenes in the mosh pit, I think this movie would be a lot tighter. Um, but. You know, Again, I I, I, I know I enjoyed watching the killer go around, even though I didn't like him as a character. Uh, I think people who kind of like um, some of those new kind of documentaries, those docuseries coming out about like Ed, Ed Gein, who was, was the most recent one, Dahmer, where you kind of watch him stalk his victims. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that kind of crowd might enjoy this. And I don't know, I think as one of the – there's this movie, there's actually that movie that the person who directed um, Black Christmas did, um, The End of the Dark, uh, New Year, New You, which I saw. I think like, that's like, literally the only two movies. They're, like, no, I can think of another one about some high school kids at a cabin. I think I, I, there's like the three New Year's movies I know. And I think, you know, if you want to watch a horror movie on New Year's Eve, this one isn't a, isn't a bad choice, I guess. But
0: Okay, cool. All right, let's go into spoiler territory then. So, uh, yeah, I think the two things we want to talk about and kind of leads into each other is just the killer's motivation. Um, so the big twist at the end, uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce that and give us your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. And actually, I called this at the very in my notes. I called this as soon as they they mentioned this character. Um, <laughs> so it, at the beginning, uh, uh, her son comes up and wants to tell this big news about how he got this this part, but the mom's really busy. Belize is busy, kind of getting ready for this show, and she's like, "Oh, where's dad?" And he's like, oh, he's a, you know, he's somewhere else. And I'm like, "Oh, the dad's a fucking killer." Um, yeah. And that is a twist that <laughs> at the end, uh, it is her husband who is doing these killings, um, and he is killing people. Uh, he's doing it uh, to get back at her. Um, and because he thinks basically that, a part of it is that he is, you know, she's making more money than him, she's more popular than he is. He's basically living off her money and he complains about how he's given, like, an allowance. Um, he doesn't like being kind of under her thumb to a degree. And he thinks Mm -hmm. that, uh, the, the way that she acts, the way that she treats him, uh, and the neglect she gives to her son is causing her, her son to, like, turn out badly, essentially. Uh, Yeah, and also he feels...
0: Yeah, he feels very emasculated by her. Yeah.
1: Like, it is It is almost
0: incel-adjacent in terms of, you know, he's just like, oh, these women, you know, they shouldn't have... Like, he's implying that, you know, oh, women shouldn't have jobs, men should be the men of the house, and that's why I'm killing everybody for it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on in there. So, yeah, what'd you think of that?
1: I... I like it and I don't like it. I like it in the sense that that he's the villain because that may, like like you know we're talking about kind of Black Christmas, and talking about the kind of the toxic, toxic masculinity. The killer mm-hmm. in this is toxic. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm still kind of congested. Um, he is toxic masculinity. Eh, toxic masculinity. masculinity. I got gotcha. you. Um, you know, he he doesn't like the fact that his wife has a job and is more successful than him. He doesn't like and like you know I, I would understand like not understand, but you could reason out more the whole like the son being neglected kind of thing. But I would think that that's kind of his perspective of it because we only see the son trying to interact with her when she's doing this big thing that she's really caught up like you know it's it's her big successful moment that she's trying to do all these things so it makes sense that you know she wouldn't have time for him at that moment but she's trying Mm -hmm. to make time for that like she she's planning time for them after so i don't think that's really a a valid claim but i think that um you know the fact that he is the villain he is this embodiment of toxic toxic masculinity and um sorry i'm so congested um it's okay and the fact that he um you know he's blaming her for all his problems being like oh you know you don't give me a big enough allowance you know you uh, you know, you're more successful than I am, you know, like, I, and blaming him for the po- her, for the poss- possibly her son being queer. I'm not sure if that actually is is what's going on or not. Is mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a very um, interesting point. And I think that the fact that he's a villain makes sense in that. And that's why I kind of kinda like it because he is the villain. But then I also don't kind of like it because generally, like, the slasher is kind of normativity taking on. Or you know, or the kind of on this, the queerness kind of taking against the society. So like you know, we, we don't normally punish the drug dealers, we punish the the deviants in, in these movies. So I can't tell if the movie's implying that he is right because you know, like he because he's the normalizer theoretically. So if him trying to kill her is like you know, like, I, I can't tell. I'm hoping that this movie is taking as he is wrong and that's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But the way that it ends with Blaze seemingly dying or Blaze seemingly you know being the next victim to the yeah. son almost makes it seem like they're encouraging it like I, that's what I can't tell really like because I I feel like this is I'm sure it's going to a societal feeling of maybe you know women at the time becoming more successful being more prominent in the workplace and maybe that's that's the the, the aggression going on in this movie yeah but I can't I tell the way it ends too, yeah. if it's endorsing it and that that's what kind of sits on all that's it that sits weird me I don't know how I feel about that,
0: yeah, and definitely, and I think it you know we we were talking about the whole is the son queer, is it not is you know being raised primarily by a mother or something like that, and feminizing him, and you know turning him out to be queer, which i I know a lot of people in the eighties believe because again, we were on the crust with the whole AIDS epidemic and everything like that. it was a terrible, terrible time for gay people, um but yeah it's uh it is it, it feels very mean spirited it feels very weird and that definitely took me out of the movie as well in terms of okay yes this is kind of what people were fearful of but I, I i it wasn't like let's explore you know toxic masculinity let's explore um mental illness it's just like ooh mental illness is scary and i just i didn't feel like i enjoyed it as much based on that um, it, it felt like they were taking the hot button issue at the time, or at the very least they kind of had a pulse on what a lot of America was scared of at the time and kind of just like ham-fisted put it in there to a movie. So yeah, it wasn't mm. any commentary on it. It was just, yeah, let's take that. Sure. Let's go for it. Uh, yeah. So that was that. Uh, what else about this movie kind of stood out to you?
1: Yeah, well, you know, other than that, like, I know we, we mentioned the kills. Um, I, I was a little bit uh, actually confused about the kill's motivation. So, so uh, when, when the husband calls – so basically during the movie, the husband calls in, and he puts like a – I don't know what he puts in his mouth. But he puts it in his mouth, and he's like, I'm evil, uh, and does this yes. little voice. Um, <laughs> but when he first lays out his plan, he's like, I'm going to kill somebody in every time zone, and they'll be related to you. But like, were they all related to him? Yeah. First off, were they all – because the, the first girl, I think that they're implying that she might – that. Um, I think um, he went to – they said that he went to that – or was it her or was it Blaze or the husband who went to that asylum? Or was it the son?
0: I don't know. But yeah, no, I I was thinking the same thing too in terms of just like how are these people connected? And then like after – Uh, Diane gets the, you know, call of just like, oh, I'm so sorry they found so-and-so and and she's been murdered. And she's like, no, not my so-and-so. I was just like, okay, so she didn't know her at that front.
1: It was very weird. And the girl he picked up at the bar, like, that seemed random to me. That did not seem like he knew the girl at the bar. like. I, I would have liked that to be a little – like, if that was his thing, was that he was going around killing people close to her, I would have liked to see that connection more because it really made mm-hmm. it hard or, – or at least it would be a revelation at the end and be like, oh, no, somebody's here. Let me call my friend Janie. Oh, no, Janie's been killed. What? Or, you know, something about that. Or, like, maybe throughout the entire performance, she's like, oh, where's my friend Barbara? Like, she's she said she'd come here to support me. Where is she? And that would then, like, be revealed later that she was one of the girls he killed or something. But it was mm-hmm. just, like – did he know them? And also, when he first explained it to her, I thought he was driving across the country and killing somebody in each time zone. As, <laughs> like, I thought he was starting in New York, and driving across the country, and every hour getting out of his car, killing somebody, getting back in and keep going. And then I realized that wouldn't make sense. That'd be, that wouldn't work. But <laughs> that was that was my thought, that's what he was doing when he first described it. And I was like, wow, what a... Yeah. What a dedicated person.
0: <laughs> and honestly, too, it was just a lot of, do, do they need to be related? Like, I, I think it would have stood a lot better on the movie in terms of, yeah, I'm killing these random people, and then finally I'm coming for you. Like, that would still increase the tension in terms of, you know, oh, this is, you know, Diane is still at the very, very end on that front, so there would still be tension in terms of everything's ramping up. But, you know, especially if it's just, like, he's harder to track or something like that, I think it would be a lot more effective, so...
1: Well, it's weird, too, because he goes from being in the hotel and killing her agent to then, like, going out to this nursing home, killing that, that nurse, coming back into the city and killing uh, one of the girls at the party, and then trying to pick up that girl at the movie theater. Uh, and then uh, that's, yeah, that's it until the end, right? So that's only four yeah. hours, isn't it? Doesn't that need to be five? Isn't there five hours, five times in New York? or, in, or Are there only four times in New York? No, there's only four. Yeah. It's
0: New York, Chicago, Denver, and then
1: finally L.A oh okay all right well yeah you know, mm-hmm. get, get on Well, not get on him because he, he, you know but you know
0: good <laughs> on him the movie, for sticking to his agenda his manifesto <laughs> i mean uh-huh. he, he was I, consistent I, I, if nothing else
1: well i mean was it wasn't though he was gonna kill some random girl he met at a bar where i'm assuming but also even if he knew her no way he fucking knew the girl at the uh, at the mm-hmm. at the drive-in <laughs> um, yeah um though yeah i don't know uh yeah that was uh that was interesting um, but again, that, that was I did like that scene of the drive though, where the girl escaped, and you were rooting for her to escape. And you're like, yeah, uh, that, that was good. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, cause, and then his plan to kill her was to basically have her go up and down an elevator and like get away with it. Like what a what a crazy way to kill somebody. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. tie you to the outside of an elevator and then use my screwdriver on like the fuse box outside the elevator to make you go up and down, and that will kill you. Uh-huh. Um, great, great, great. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely,
0: and that front. Um, um, but yeah, what did you think about the kills? like honestly, I was like didn't really care about any of them,
1: yeah, not, what about not you? Not, they they were all underwhelming, um well partly because they didn't show anything, which i, I again, I the movie i think I, again, I think this was intentional where I didn't want the characters to die, so I kind of like was okay not seeing them die i didn't want to see him stab this girl crazily um they they did mention that apparently um one of the later points that he apparently attacked their breasts was like one of the things he like he they said that he mutilated their breasts um, i I didn't know that too and i love breasts so gosh (laughs) well i don't think like i feel like i feel like again that that's kind of showing his like anger because you know attacking the sexual organ i feel like is like again kind of showing that like anger at women which i think like I think one of the, um, cause one of the summaries I read said that he was miso- like this misogynistic killer. It might actually, to, is it the IMDB summary? Um, oh no, okay. It doesn't say that. Um, but one of the things I read, um, described the killer as misogynistic. And I'm like, yep, oh, I think that makes sense. Uh, because he, you know, that's what he's doing. Like uh, he's, he, he's mutilating these people and again, mutilating their sexual organs. I think out of frustration, like he is clearly a killer who, uh, you know, has that motivation. Um. Um, but I, I actually, you know, again, while, while the kills weren't great, uh, the callback to um Black Christmas with the bag over the head. But what, mm-hmm. I, what I actually liked, and I don't really know if this is the kill necessarily, but uh, the way he did the kill, where he hid in the, um so he 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 uh, picks up this girl at a club, and he's like, hey, I'm going to take you, you know, we're going to go somewhere, we're going to drive to this party with my rich friends. And then she's like, yeah, cool, but uh, I'm not going to go alone, bring my friend, that's kind of fucking creepy. And he's like, oh, fuck. So then he mm-hmm. um, they go to a gas station, and he tells the, his friend to go in and buy the fanciest bottle of... Uh, uh, champagne they can have, and gives him a hundred dollar bill, so it's going to take a while for her to get change. And while mm-hmm. she does that, he kills the he kills kills her friend. And when she comes back, uh, you know she kind of follows a, a trail of clues to um, the dumpster where he put the body. But mm-hmm. I like it because when she opens the dumpster, she looks in and screams at the body. But then he lights a match to show that he's actually in the dumpster too, and he pulls her in. And I thought yeah. that was a nice setup. I think that, like, that was yeah. like, that was a, that was a clever way to kind of get both of them. He because again he, he didn't need to kill both of them he just kept going. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was like a clever kill. Um,
0: yeah, and honestly, that was probably my favorite part of the movie in terms of just like that whole subplot in terms of picking up at the bar and then him trying to think on his feet about oh crap, now this other person is coming along as well. I have to figure out some way to deal with her. Like that mm-hmm. was that was probably my favorite part of the entire movie in terms of just like being entertained. But
1: yeah, yeah, that, overall. That's probably... That's, like, what I really felt like it was, like, like the Dahmer kind of documentary or, like, a, a docu-series or even some episodes like American Horror Story when you kind of follow the killer where you kind of see their, their you know, shit get complicated and how they have to kind of figure out to, how to work around it. Um, which I thought was interesting. Like, I feel like the tension was more in him, will he get caught or what will happen, than it mm-hmm. was, um, you know, uh, in them dying, I guess, which is weird. Yeah.
0: And then the other thing that's kind of interesting is this, this is another killer who just messes up. So, it's, you know, he does a lot of stuff, and he has to think on his feet and, like, try and adapt to the situation and run around with it. Like, at the very end, the hotel that the uh, DJ, that the the punk rock party is uh, being hosted in, like, they basically close it down and say, yeah, no one's allowed in or out on that front. Um, And he has to figure out a way to get in because of that. And, of course, they go through the most boring option, which is just like, oh, he distracts a cop and then kills the cop. So, um. Yeah, I, it's just that. But at the very least, you know, it's 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 a stumbling block. It's something. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I like that he has a, he has this plan set up. Like he has like a little trunk in the in the place full of all his costumes he can put on, and he has like the fuses taped inside there. Like, I again, that's why it really makes me feel like he was the main character because we really followed all he did. While Blaze just kind of like was there for reactions, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But and, and again, yeah. that's kind of what makes me feel awkward about the movie in the sense that I can't quite tell if if we because we get behind him so often, is I'm like, is he the villain? Because he should be. And, like, his, his motivation is villainous. And, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a negative reflection of society who he is. But it almost feels like at the end, like, he gets what he wants to a degree. It seems like, you know, it he gets to kill him. He gets to die on his own terms. Like, this character really isn't punished for what he does. Um, yeah,
0: and he even goes out on his own terms, too. Like, eventually... The cops corner him at the rooftop, and he jumps off the building. So, yeah, it's no punishment. So, yeah, well, and the, and this is suicide. The, the,
1: yeah, and, and this movie is like like this might be this is kind of the movie where I think um, again the director of Black Christmas talked about how like you know in a lot of in a lot of horror movies you know sometimes there are times where, you know where the um, you know where women are just are just there to be kind of tortured and to be hurt. This this would be that example. I think this, this might actually be the movie like a movie that that director was referring to in terms of like, you know, we talked about how a lot of horror movies we find are very, um, you know, we think feminist and, and you know, have strong female characters and this one, we really don't get that. And this one, we mm-hmm. really do just get this really kind of oppressive, yeah. uh, male rage, essentially like taking his anger out on the female body and the female form. Um, which is interesting. Like, cause again, the like, blaze doesn't even get a final girl moment in this. She never gets the upper hand. She, she mm-hmm. is completely overpowered by him. um, you know, she out the way, yeah, yeah, like she never gets anything it's it's really uh and again, and again, this guy we follow him, we see him, and I think that the goal is for him you to root for him to get out of a situation where he might get caught to you know to get into this um and again, it feels like a win at the end where even though you know he dies, his son kind of continues his legacy uh, mm-hmm. which is again very weird, very like. It, feels like i I think you said mean-spirited which i think is is a very good way to describe it it seems very um uh you know not 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 the moral we're looking for i guess (laughs) Mm -hmm. um which which you know if if we want to take that into uh the next step of like how maybe misogyny raise misogyny uh you know it's passed on to the children like you're right like their son is kind of raised with this and you know obviously the son and the father are kind of in cahoots like the, the father comes into the apartment earlier and talks to the son and you get the impression that maybe they were shitting there probably shit talking the mom essentially or you know this the father probably nurtures these negative feelings for the mom um and like maybe you know that he helped raise this kind of misogyny in his son uh to the point where he continues his spree after he's de- dead essentially mm-hmm. um, i don't know if that if that was intentional or not Um, but I I think is, I just don't feel like this director and possibly these writers thought that deeply about it. No, definitely (laughs) not. I I don't think that like, I don't think to take that positive or the, I, I, unfortunately I lean more towards the negative side of this where this is like a, look at this uppity woman and this guy is, you know, not the hero, but like, you know, this is what happens. And I feel like it's more of that cautionary tale, which I don't like. I don't think Mm -hmm. it is the, look at this negative person acting on negative actions and this is the bad thing. I, I just mm-hmm. I don't get that impression. Like, I, I'd love to hear that, that if that if that was their goal was to think, this guy's a monster and you should identify him as a monster, great. But I don't necessarily think that that's what that's what we're getting.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think they kind of push it on that front. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, what else about New Year's Evil do we want to talk about on that front? So I'm just um, trying to go through my notes right here and sh- yeah, honestly, this I is a hard know- movie to talk about. There's not much to talk. <laughs>
1: No, exactly. I think so much of it is these fucking weird scenes of people dancing around. Um, mm-hmm. But what I did want to highlight, and again, to talk about this director, maybe he's made some he's some gems. He's made a lot of movies about ninjas. He has like the nine deaths <laughs> of the ninja. He has the three little ninjas, which seems like a off of three ninjas. Uh, maybe who he came first. But I do want to talk about one movie that I found about his of his when I looked around. Um, okay. And I will say that this movie was made in 1979, so the year prior to this release. Um, it has a higher rating than <laughs> new year's evil which has a 4.8 imdb this is a 5.3 maybe it has maybe it has less scores um but let me tell you the um the synopsis of this I, i'm guy sorry so the and and and, and i
0: missed it so you're talking about three day weekend or three i'm weekend? talking about three day weekend <laughs> okay gotcha gotcha okay so this right. is the movie he directed before new year's eve okay gotcha. he wrote
1: it he wrote himself um, okay. and so this is this is the um imdb summary Two bisexual girls go camping in the woods and are followed around by a perverted guy in a gorilla mask and a man in a uniform with a whip who thinks everyone's a communist. Strange sexual encounters ensue, and other people show up out of nowhere. They do drugs, and incomprehensible plot follows. That is this movie is rated R. Right <laughs> oh my god, this, it's a comedy, but it. I I, this makes me think that this guy maybe wasn't thinking too deeply about this movie and wasn't no. Making, this, like, this guy may have, wow. been, uh, may have been an animated I for need the to killer. see
0: this movie. I need I to know. find out more about this movie. I, oh my it just god. Makes me oh real my sad. god. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so this movie phone summary is two girls go on a weekend championship only to run across a sadistic forest ranger, a recently married couple, and a former Nixon aide who was turned into a perverted wild man in a cheap gorilla mask. I think the IMDb needs to include the bit about the Nixon in there.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about communists. Wow. Maybe that's, is that a Nixon thing?
0: Maybe. Possibly? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one of the user reviews oh, is some of the most perverted dialogue in film history.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going wow. you in the IMDb review right now. His
0: name is Howard Creep. Yeah. <laughs> That's like he Kojima
1: suffered, uh, level of a Perverted wild man who wears a cheap girl mask. And re- oh, my God.
0: Okay, I want to see this movie now. But All right, sounds good. This, this, is, this is an episode about Three-Way Weekend now. We are, we are fully pivoting. New Year's there. Evil. Don't see it unless you want something mediocre. Three-way weekend, that's got potential. That's got 100% potential. I mean,
1: I I, 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 I don't Three-way weekend makes me feel like this guy is fucked up. I don't know. Um, yes, I agree. Um, that's what the letterbox. Yeah. says. Uh,
0: really? yeah, it's a sex he,
1: comedy. Uh-huh. Okay, so sex... Like, I don't know. I, I don't... It it makes me uh not as happy, or not as hopeful for this movie. Because, um, again, like as I was watching, it, I was thinking, like, Oh, maybe this is a commentary on these types of people who are this negative, but I'm like, Oh god, no, just, is this guy part of the group? Is this guy think this uh-huh. is okay? Um Hang on, I gotta read this, I I gotta read this. I'm I'm going through the
0: letterbox reviews on Three Weekend right now. There is one running scenario in the movie that goes on absolutely forever where a man and woman having intercourse get stuck together. I'm talking ten ten minutes of being joined together and trying to get unhitched, even with the help of a third party. What? Yeah, apparently uh, he has no idea how penises and vaginas work. Good to know, good to know. Feels like the Bond-fueled sexual fantasies of a 15-year-old virgin... Who will soon grow up to spend his time on incel message boards and bear bemoan PC culture to anyone who
1: will listen? Okay, and that's 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 why that, that's that is the impression okay. I get of, of, of based on New Year's Evil. So there we go. Look at that. Yeah,
0: this is great. Yeah, no, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Okay, cool. All right, all right, awesome. Well, uh, Emmett Alston, if you're still alive, I don't think I will see any more of your movies. I I know you have a lot of Ninja ones, but there, there's so many <laughs> more better Ninja movies on that one right there. So looks like he's still alive.
1: Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll come back and he'll make uh, a revisionist movie about him or uh, where he yeah. tries to fix his problems. Um, yeah.
0: He has um, not done anything since nineteen eighty eight. The year I was born, actually. So ooh, yeah, maybe that mm-hmm. was it. That was that was the catalyst. That was that was when the timeline separated. All
1: right, awesome. You know, the one thing I will say out to me though is um again, we don't really get to see many of the actors other than uh Kip Nevin who played Richard Sullivan or The Killer. I will say, I think that the guy that Kip, or Richard Sullivan, is good at acting. I think he plays this mm-hmm. character really well. Oh, yeah. I think, he, I think like, I, I I feel like this could have been done really cheesy and really overhanded, but I feel like he does a really, like, again, this guy, you don't, again, like it's one of those things where, like, you don't like him. He's killing people. He's clearly misogynist. But he's charming at times. And, like, you see yeah. kind of why these women kind of, like, come at ease with him. Because he, he is, like... He's he's disarming his conversational, he puts on these like I I feel like he did a really good job in this movie I just wish it was in service of like a better movie <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Yeah
0: I agree he did he did a pretty good job honestly all things considered
1: the rest of the really acting is familiar. kind of
0: eh, but uh, yeah let's see what else I he's couldn't going place to him, him
1: he looked really fucking he he reminds me of um
0: he, he looked like every seventies person ever yeah, that's so. probably it yeah that's probably it he even puts mm-hmm. on like the 70s stash yeah. at one point uh, Kip Niven ooh, she, ooh, she's interesting uh, let's see. he was in Magnum Force, uh, one of the dirty Harry movies. He was on there. He was one of the officers. Fire a uh, Fire in the Sky. Oh, okay. uh, no, no, not not Fire in, No, not Fire in the Sky, the Alien De movie. Looks like it was a made for T V movie. Uh, Bionic Woman, he was in one episode. Bionicle Man? Dead before. Bicentennial Man? Bionic No, 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 no. Bionic Woman. Oh, Bionic Woman, yeah. The seventies okay. the TV show, yeah.
1: Okay. Um Dude, I would yeah, love a movie called Bionicle Man about a guy who gets like becomes part Bionicle amazing the city <laughs> yes. of like, like a bionicle there we yeah. go right. yeah that's happens when he yeah. gets he gets the little the the corrupted martinui mask on his face and it becomes evil.
0: <laughs> the bionicle man yep.
1: um, yeah yeah
0: no that was a bionicle bionic woman was a spinoff of the six million dollar man if you remember that one that was okay. the one with a lot of slow motion and the shah 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 all over so yeah anyway that's it. Uh, but, yeah, any final thoughts on New Year's Evil? Like, I feel like we're wrapping down.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I know. Again, like, like you said, there's not much to discuss. Like, I, I think a good half now of this movie is literally people slow dancing, slow dance moshing to music, which apparently, actually, a lot of the music was written for this movie as Looking Up, which is cool. So these bands, a lot of these bands, like, they were groups, but they kind of were given music. Um, even the song New Year's Evil that was written for this was, was you know, was written for this, and apparently it, it has, like, a cult following. Yeah. Um, but... If you, I think if you take out all those parts, I think it's an okay movie. Again, in the same way that kind of watching the, those um, those documentary docu series about serial killers is, because you're watching this guy go around and kill people. Um, which I usually don't like those again because I, I, I don't like glorifying those, kill, those people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I think it's those parts are okay. And again, I think if, if you view it as if it, when I viewed it as a condemnation of this type of character. I enjoyed it because it was like, yeah, this is a bad character, and his reasoning at the end is very toxic and very negative. Mm -hmm. But as we talk about it, as we kind of talked about, you know, maybe it's maybe the director didn't mean that as much. It kind of makes me push it off a little bit. But, you know, I think think it's an okay movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, this has been Permanent Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Uh, we are currently finishing up our fourth year of doing this podcast. So fantastic. Hey. Thank you so much for listening on. And this will be our last episode of 2022. Well, I mean, we're going to get it out on New Year's Eve tomorrow anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so first one of 2023. Woohoo! Kick it off. Uh, but thank you so much to also Teddy's Atlas. They do our opening theme song. That is Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Um, Just as an FYI as well, we are releasing a special episode, likely within the next few days, so keep an eye out for that one, and then we will go ahead to our regular schedule of um, talking about our movies after that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, thank you so much, everyone, and stay groovy. Bye.